0: hey guys welcome back to tapping into crypto we're here with your fortnightly market update and mate what an update we've got this is an update like no other update before (laughs) this is crazy so how much changes in two weeks so yeah obviously no one could really not know about what's happening at the moment it's plastered across mainstream media as much as everyone who's in crypto is kind of feeling the heat at the moment but um yeah, some crazy events that I guess we're going to definitely unpack as much as we can today in today's episode. So yeah, definitely run through that whole event on the lunar ecosystem and, and I guess just provide a bit more clarity to people that are just maybe still a bit confused as to what happened. I think this is, um we've talked about in the office quite extensively, very much the blackest of all Black Swan events that has affected I think the widest reach of people we've ever seen, I guess with the recent adoption curve that crypto
1: has been on lately. So we were wondering what next Black Swan type event we're gonna oh, be man. we talked about we talked about the war and we talked about covid and we talked about everything else that was happening like, and uh yeah Shane went to too that was Shane uh, we thought that
0: was yeah. the third one we thought yeah. we were out of it yeah so, it
1: comes in fours apparently
0: yeah so um yeah we'll, we'll touch on that one and yeah we've just got a few other news pieces that we'll touch on briefly further down the track I think just to firstly start up with I guess we've got a you know Again, just um, call it out. I know last time we caught up, the market was looking a lot different. The structure was looking quite good. We've obviously put in those new lows now. I think we're all pretty much uh, of the opinion now that, you know, we are seeing more bear market-like, I guess, behavior, really, because you're seeing those key levels fall on a lot of different assets. And key levels don't mean crap when the market falls
1: um, the way way it did on Thursday. Take your charts, open your car window, and throw them straight out. They don't mean... Anything in this, in this type of market. Yeah, it's one of those things like you always, we always look for support lines, right? And we always yes. look for, and we had, I think we were, you know, I think we were pretty good on, in terms of the lines of support that we'd identified. Yeah, you absolutely. And you know, obviously when you have an event like, like what happened with, with Terra and Luna and UST, just, Shakes everything at its core. And, yeah. you know, global markets are, are under pressure at the moment. There's, you know, inflation is happening. There's, uh, no more. M- the money printers are turned off. Like there's just everything is kind of playing into this perfect storm of mm. activity. You know, we've got elections in Australia. There's, you know, housing market. We covered that a fair bit in the last podcast, but it's yeah. Yeah, it's just uncertainty, I guess, at the moment. And I guess that's what we've seen play out. And the Luna and Terra was the catalyst, um, for the next down leg.
0: Yeah. It was, I guess, like the proverbial, you know, straw that, break the camel's back it almost seems like everything kind of was holding together as it was but you know if it wasn't this you could argue it could have been something else maybe not to this magnitude it's just i yeah. guess what's brought us at what the market's current prices and valuations are at um,
1: i think just the velocity of how quickly oh, it happened like you're Never talking about two assets that. that sat in the top 12 15 yeah. by market cap that had been pretty like solidly grounded in the market and in the I guess, the investing culture of the recent retail we went
0: through? Not even retail investors, like actual venture capital money yeah, was piped right. into that. Yeah. Binance was invested into Luna. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was crazy. I think the one thing I did read was, obviously, they've got their own T's and C's to how the vesting structure works when you're a seed investor. But at the peak, I think Binance's investment, like uh, CZ's openly tweeted, it was yeah. um, $5.2 billion it was worth from their initial, I think it was 100 and something million dollar investments. So nice.
1: It was crazy. So, it's worth, what, 60 bucks now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't even that's put scary. a half a tank of juice in the car now, 60 bucks. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been a, it has been a train wreck. I mean, yeah, it's been covered everywhere now, right? Like we talk about, you know, yeah. covering a specialist crypto podcast. It's on ABC news in the morning. Yeah. Like that's not normal. I guess that's, yeah, we want more coverage in crypto, but these are not the types of things. And rightly, it's fair that people are rattled by what's happened, absolutely. especially new people that have come into the space. We've been in it obviously a bit longer. So we've seen, I would say, similar events, but this one, like, absolutely, mm. I'm not glazing over it. This yeah. one is absolutely an outlier in terms of, like, it's, you go down in the history books as one yep. of the biggest project failures, I guess, or cleanouts that we've seen in such a short space of time. So,
0: yeah, I think um, in terms of market cap falling, I think the current stats are this was bigger than the Enron collapse, which was huge right. in the States at the time. So yeah. by market cap as well. So even that's not a mass adopted space, um, the money's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Me- yeah. Me- mental. But we've and-
1: seen, you know, we've seen 30% of the overall crypto market cap wiped mm. in seven days or, or less, right? So, and you know, that's huge. You're talking 400 bill or so wiped off the market in 48 hours. Yeah, in 48 hours, pretty much. So I tell you something like, I'm always bullish, Beth. Long-term I'm always <laughs> bullish, right? But yeah. like, a market that can withstand, there's a lot, obviously there's a lot of turmoil in the market at the moment and a lot of things are bad, but a market that can withstand a hit like that and not completely crumble or not everybody to run to the hills. Like Mm. obviously, a lot of money has gone off the table and we'll talk about where it's flowed. But I think that's a sign of resilience in some projects. Obviously, there's a lot of pain in alt markets and we'll we'll talk about that too. But Mm. yeah, I think there's, you know, there's definitely some positives to be taking out and a lot of lessons learned, some more expensive than others for many people. But I guess it, it does kind of highlight some of the resilience as well in, in the market overall.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good shout because I actually was thinking about this the other day. Like if we were in the market, I remember, we would have had an event not as bad as this and the call would be crypto's over, right? Like, yeah. Crypto's dead. Now the focus is on where are we buying? Like that's the kind of sentiment I'm seeing. Like it's almost like what level can we go to before things go back up again?
1: Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: that's a pretty big shift, I think.
1: And I think it's like we have to highlight that. The sentiment is still so low. Like we're at rock bottom. Like I think I've seen the fear and greed index. Almost oh, single eight, digits, man. Yeah. Like eight or nine or something. Yeah. Like that, it is. So like, you know, that's usually a, an indicator of, you know, for people to, to either get back in or start looking at it again. Right. So, mm. you know, not to stand by these indicators, but at the same time, we, I guess the highlighting part that, of the puzzle, right? It's part, of, part of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. You put them together yeah. and that's how it works. But yeah, I guess just highlighting as well that as much as we've seen a stability, like we could see further downside from here. So, Absolutely. And I'm not just turning bearish in a two-week podcast. Like the last week I was saying that we hadn't officially, I guess, broken into a bear market as per the, the yep. charts. Yep. Now we can say that, all right, we've 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 taken that extra step down. We're still, you know, we haven't bounced off the, the 200-week moving average yet on Bitcoin, yep. which is, we said, about 21,000. 21K,
0: yeah, uh, US, like that. about that, yeah.
1: So we could, we very well could retest that. But I guess it's, you got to break it down to what's your strategy from here. If you think it's going to go way lower than 21k, well, then you're not doing anything. But if are you dollar cost averaging in this kind of a market? Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you believe in where the industry is going, I mean, this is exactly what you want or you mm. look for if you are a long-term investor. As much as it's painful right now to see a lot of what's happening in, in all kinds, especially like Bitcoin and ETH have held up relatively well. But yeah, you know, I guess to put some kind of a, a positive spin on it, like it's not over, it's not dead and buried. We're just, this is what happens at times.
0: Yeah. I think so. I know we're going to talk about it a bit later, but we might as well just like mention it now. Like we did see that night, Bitcoin, I, like I was watching it. I couldn't look away. It was just crazy to watch, but, you know, Bitcoin at its worst was down maybe six, 7%. And yeah. let's not talk about Luna, but the rest of the market was anywhere from 20 to 60% down, even yeah. if it was a top 100 asset. So that kind of does signify to you that's just how on risk the difference is between those top two even ethereum at its worst was maybe yeah. seven to eight percent down yeah when you, that's yeah. yeah think about your portfolio and how much you've got across those different assets mm-hmm. like you can as much as the market goes down it's really important to understand it doesn't go down at the same rates
1: yeah i walk- mean people talk about the blue chip assets in, yeah. in crypto and it like yeah. it's like Bitcoin and of are those two kind of differentiators in the market like that's intrinsic value yeah that's in. right
0: that's yeah. right yeah Obviously, there's a lot of people; people's uh, livelihoods have potentially been affected quite negatively by this. So, you know, definitely do encourage people to reach out. Plenty of support lines there you can access. It's a few people in the office even that have uh, definitely been shaken up by the event. But again, let's break it down, mate. So, I guess what happened to kick this all off? Essentially, Luna is similar to ETH in the sense that it, it has its own ecosystem where there's different applications that exist for users to interact with. So, one of the ways that we might all be familiar with USDT in the Ethereum environment. Luna has its own stablecoin referred to as UST. Now, the important part of any stablecoin is it needs to stay, stay at the dollar. Needs to stay at the dollar. It needs to stay stable. So, the call to fame for Luna's UST asset was it was algorithmic. So, the sense that if the price ever moved or was you know volatile in any way, it could kick back up and remain at that parity level. So. That's a big part, I guess, in this whole story. And I guess that peg and parity, as we call it, um, is maintained also by the value of the lunar tokens. So because of the peg being lost, number one, uh, a lot of people sold their UST. This UST, the way it works turns back into lunar. So two things happen there. There's people obviously a bit, um, sheepish on even holding Luna. They're selling, um, uh, while we're also seeing more and more lunar flood into the market. Mm. So you got two reasons supply, for
1: supply increasing. Yeah which obviously drives the token down in yep. price. Yeah. And then you have the peg bin lost from UST their stablecoin at the same time. Yeah. So it was a it was a mass fear event yeah. essentially. Perfect is what, storm. is what started it, you know, that coupled with low market sentiment and low volumes as well, I think is a key one to highlight.
0: Yeah, more pressure on the downside. Yeah. No one wanting to pick up the bid, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And also like this is probably a little bit speculative, but I did read that the time that It lost its peg. Right. It was like at a time of the day when it was very low volume. So it was actually targeted to be at that time. So it was actually going to get more of an impact and actually drive the peg down quicker. Right. So the peg went like initially it went down. It lost its peg. In the mid 90s, Mm. low 90s, and then it went down to, I think, 70s? 70s, yeah. And then
0: kind of came back up. It came back to like 89, 90 again, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I guess as soon as it got up to those levels, it's just emotions, right? They're saying that, they're they're definitely, I think there's a speculation in this instance that there's always a singular instigator of this one. But the unfortunate result of one person starting this chain reaction is everyone else that follows, right? And it's just that waterfall effect of everyone wanting to exit. It was
1: just mass fear from then on, right? You had people, Um, And then you had the Doquan, the the founder on Twitter saying that, listen, Mm. it's all good as it recovered from kind of that 70 cents back up to 80, 90 cents. So people are like, okay, this is okay. This is all good. Like it's lost its peg, but it's it's coming back. And the plan is in motion to get it back to a dollar, but it just never happened. And I guess a lot of people probably would have cashed out at 90 cents and would have been happy with that 10 Ten uh, percent Little loss, ten percent
0: haircut. Yeah, haircut.
1: I guess there was many people, probably lower people with lower values. People had house deposits in this stable coin, and you know, yeah. I guess we mentioned like Anchor Protocol is essentially a partner DeFi protocol with Terra and and UST, mm. and they used to pay. 20% yield on your stable coin, which is, can we call it a stable coin anymore? i just uh, call it a coin, now. call it a coin, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, unstable yeah. coin, which is, you know, yeah, it's obviously very unfortunate because businesses had spun up on the back of this Anchor protocol. Yeah, what's here? Something about neobanks. Yield, yeah, ne- yeah. So, so neobanks had actually spun up with the face of a, beautiful bank. pretty and easy to use neobank with your normal bank accounts your card linked to it mm. and then your like savings account that was paying you whatever probably 10 percent. which you're like this is awesome yeah so like that's the real scary part for me the fact yeah, that like not... business was launched on the back of this thing and that's that's why we've seen such a velocity in the in yep. the demise of it right in such a short space of time so yeah <laughs> it's tough it's a tough situation and, and how it all played out and yeah you know since then obviously Luna has pretty much gone to zero. UST, I think at the time of recordings, about eight or nine cents. Yeah, about that. Dollar. Yep. So, you know, that's that's where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, and I think there's two key things here, like where to from here and like who did it. So I think just to call out the speculation, this is obviously not our thoughts or anything like that. It's just what's been floating around at the moment. There's a lot of information floating around, but sure. BlackRock and Citadel, two, I guess, major players in the trad fire space, they were, I guess, attributed with, you know, potentially borrowing and lending from Gemini and using that to short against positions and drive the market down. But since then, they've come forward and stated that they're not associated with it in any shape or form. Uh, there's some unchained specialists, running around Twitter like the I guess they usually do but they've apparently investigated there were some key wallets or market participants that were I guess driving and creating this catalyst so I think it's only a matter of time potentially before start to sort of find out who's who in the zoo Mm -hmm. when that sort of comes a bit more to light I'm sure there's probably it's it's definitely not a case of they don't know who did it potentially Mm -hmm. that's my belief I think it's
1: I think there's not too many questions around whether it was targeted event or not yeah that's Fair, yeah. I think the, the overall uncertainty and I guess the hope that normal investors mm. put on this yeah. st token, yeah, meant that I guess they knew themselves. Like I mean, I, I had some in it myself, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I guess the the sentiment is that you know there's risk, you know yeah. there's added risk. Yeah, but it's such a lucrative option. Yeah. A lot of people put probably too much hope in it and were overextended in it. That's it. And once that spiral starts, like they talk about this debt spiral of the algorithmic stable coin. Like once that spiral started, it was just like it, it equates for me. It was like a bank run, right? Where everybody tries to go and get their cash out at the same time. We've seen it in the, the GFC, like they did it in banks all over Europe where. People were going into the bank trying to get cash out and it just wasn't available. Because we know banks only run at, you know, less than ten percent of of assets, right? Like mm. backed essentially. So and,
0: and that's exactly that exact same mechanism, like a hundred percent that's yeah. all that's happened here, right? Like it was just too many people trying to withdraw when there wasn't the collateral behind it to withdraw. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. the algo, yeah, for burning and minting more yeah. of each of the the coin Luna and UST, yeah, just was overwhelmed, couldn't keep up with the flow, and just the price dropped and drops and drops. As it dropped, more and more fear into the market and it was just exactly we like we seen what played out which is mm. where we're at now. That's it. And
0: and where we are right now, like this is the time of recording, which is the 17th of the 5th. There is a consensus happening tomorrow. So just a vote on a potential solution. So it's all community driven in crypto. Like it is, it does need a majority vote to pass. Yeah potential ideas. So the current thought process is something we sort of threw back to at the time, something similar happened to Ethereum. So everyone's aware of Ethereum, there's Ethereum Classic, well, that that kind of happened, that duality exists due to the fact a hack occurred on the Ethereum network quite some time ago. This is no way, shape or form a similar event to that one, like we're not trying to draw any similarities there. But basically, Luna is looking to execute a similar style strategy. So starting a new chain or fork, as we call it in the crypto space, and that will then live on as being Luna as it is. And then the current chain that we have would basically go in a different direction yeah. on the blockchain and be referred to as Lunar Classic. So the key cornerstone of this breakaway from the two worlds is one remains with UST and one no longer has UST. So the TLDR there is essentially they've established that UST isn't a viable product moving forward for their ecosystem. So they're looking to remove it in their new world environment. So yes. I don't like the sound of it.
1: Yeah. I just, yeah, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like, I mean, I feel
0: like it's a cut and run. Yeah,
1: I I don't know about that, but it's just, it's more like I just feel like it's the reputational damage done to the protocol overall is just too great. And I I guess my worry is that people buy into more hopium around this new protocol or this new fork where it splits and just does more damage done in the next because it'll hype and you know people will be around it and you know how how these things go on, yeah. on new launches so they're talking about airdropping this new token to so this is not confirmed yet not yet, but, confirmed correct yeah um you know they're talking about airdropping these tokens into old holders of luna and old holders of ust before this death spiral started from mm-hmm. tokens yeah i'm just I, a bit of fear around like more people getting burned from this you know like a lot of damage has been done yep. so yeah that that'd be my only just i guess slight warning to anybody that's thinking about you know getting back in hard or that is keen in, in that area yeah
0: absolutely R- risk on right like it's not no guarantees in this space especially in, after an event like this
1: yeah no absolutely absolutely well, where's that money flowing matt Let's, let's just i just wanna, wanted to touch on it like we've had 400 billion leave the overall market cap every crypto asset right you said we've seen some all kinds correct 60 mm-hmm. percent.
0: a lot of them honestly 60 to 40 yeah,
1: yeah on average in a, in a you know, very yeah. short period of time i guess just wanted to call out like part of luna's reserves 80 percent was in luna token mm. you know which obviously is fall off falling off a cliff But 20% was in Bitcoin. So they had 80,000 Bitcoin, I believe, like almost $3 billion worth of Bitcoin that, you know, everyone's looking at the market, everything's crashing. Bitcoin took its hit, which we already called out was not really that significant in the grand scheme of things. But it looks like now the Luna Foundation Guard, LFG, they have said that, like, all that Bitcoin that they owned was deployed to try and save mm. peg, essentially. So sort of draw money at the problem, they tried to do that kind of early on when it was starting to lose the peg. So I guess just calling out that a lot of the downward pressure on Bitcoin at the time would have stemmed from some of that. So I think yep. it, it held up pretty well. We've seen, you know, we've seen Bitcoin drop down to about 25,500 USD. Mm-hmm. It's kind of since then stabilized around the thirty thirty one thousand 31,000 USD yep. mark. So I guess just showing more resilience, like we talked at the start. Bitcoin and ETH holding up pretty well in these kind of situations. But yeah, I mean, it's Bitcoin dominance. You know, we've been watching Bitcoin dominance, Pav, for a while. Like yep. since the start of the year, Bitcoin dominance is up 5 or 6%. Mm-hmm. I think it's about 44% or something at the time of recording. So these are the kind of things we're watching in these markets. It's like that money, some of it, yes, has been withdrawn from the market. Some of it's, you know, being lost or being dragged in other directions. But there's also some of it's going back into those Top assets that people are, you know, yep. have conviction on. We looked at ETH. ETH dropped eighteen hundred. It's now stabilised again at about twenty one hundred. And just one trend, I guess I've been watching. I was talking to the to the HVA guys about it the other day. Is the USDC market cap mm-hmm. stable coins at the moment? Bit of a bad rap. So everyone's like, oh, we're not as sure about stable coins as we should be. I mean, USDT and USDC are audited, and you know, you know they're backed yeah <laughs> so the usd circle yeah, is a bank it's not lending
0: backed it's no it's yeah. it's
1: just not the same so i yeah. guess just trying to dispel some of the fear around the stable coins that, that people do have mm-hmm. like it's just not the same problem not yeah. the same issue so i guess just noting that and even i was talking about usdc the market cap of usdc in the last week is up 10 percent. Mm-hmm. so some of the money is flowing into the stable coins people are kind of in this wait and see mode at the moment
0: yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely good to call out. Like the sentiment's still there that the tech works, but you know, algo stablecoin's probably something to do a bit more vetting on. Yeah.
1: I like the concept of the algo stablecoin. Like mm. I think I do really like the concept. Hmm. I'm not sure how they work it out so it actually you know, so it works as intended. Mm. Maybe it needs to be hundred percent backed by Bitcoin, <laughs> I mean, that's you know. It. <laughs> or hundred percent you know.
0: with some collateral. Yeah. So,
1: some some collateral yeah. that isn't yeah. You know. But you know, everything in hindsight is is easy to call, right? And I guess putting it out there, none of us foreseen anything like this happening.
0: No. Yeah. You know?
1: no. So anyway, no. I think a lot of we're trying not to butcher the Luna story here, guys. No, exactly. <laughs> but it's but it's just yeah. like I guess There's been too much people have gone very technical
0: with this thing as well well they've also seen the opposite from mainstream media just missing the mark completely so i was pretty keen to jump on today at least absolutely like fact talk about it Um, yeah yeah
1: and and on the mainstream topic yeah like they look for every single opportunity to to do what they've done in the last week you know talk about crypto it's it's all dying it's all a scam like this is just what they do every single time when bitcoin hits all-time highs they put one banner up at the bottom of the screen like looking at one of the news channels i won't mention the name like there's a banner that goes across the screen and says bitcoin has gone up but then you have an event like now which it, fair enough it needs more media attention but mm-hmm. it's all over the news they're doing sp- specific segments on it and kind of news specials on it so yeah just calling out the mainstream media is need to watch what you're believing there
0: yeah absolutely yeah, i guess on the same topic of i guess trying to look at the more positive side of things there has been Probably one of the most bullish events this year. So El Salvador, we are all sort of aware of their notoriety last year of turning their their treasury into having a very large acceptance of Bitcoin. So it's a legal tender and over in El Salvador, if you weren't aware. So you can actually go to your Macca's, your Starbucks, get a Happy Meal with some Bitcoin. Mm. If you feel like that's how you should spend your Bitcoin. I'd be unhappy if I bought a happy <laughs> Meal with my Bitcoin. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Anyway never let go of it the option kind. is there <laughs> the option <laughs> is there uh, but essentially they've welcomed in up to 44 countries all made up of professionals from central banks financial authorities uh, all there to meet and greet and talk all things crypto so they're just again li- looking to meet and learn- see what I guess El Salvador has learnt from their time of being a crypto accepting country and just um see what that's done a mission I guess for some of these countries yeah a bit of reconnaissance because it's no doubt it's what's on everyone
1: it's what- not working. Like pretty much right, all through all that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly and like, it's um, not, a, not a case that no one knows what they're doing and no one's trying. I think it's just more of a, like you said, fact-finding and et cetera. So, that's a really positive step, especially given what's been happening recently. So, I guess also on that same topic, uh our boy Naib, uh, the El Salvador president, has added another oh, yeah. 500 Bitcoin we'll to, to the country's treasury in this dip as well. So, you know they're they're holding strong uh, as well. So Peter Schiff would love that.
1: Yes, <laughs> would love that. Absolutely. But I've just been watching Peter Schiff's like tweets lately. Like you know, I the missed gold- these last few. Yeah, the gold bug Peter Schiff. He just loves it. Absolutely loves it. I think he's made himself famous off the back of just tweeting about Bitcoin. Yeah, to be honest. It's um, a good strategy yeah he's on all the old if you go into all the old bank vaults or any of the old places to buy like physical gold he's on all the old videos where he's in his 20s where gold is at the same price (laughs) then than it is now but yeah yeah. anyway
0: the ultimate stable coin it is I guess on the top of that, really, when it comes to market movers, there hasn't been too much to really talk about because obviously it's all to the downside. But there has been one that I think is an interesting one. And if you're keen to unpack it, recommend reading up about them, uh, Maker. MKR is the ticker. So they've had a bit of a pump, I think 20, 30% over the last 14 days. So they're basically the stablecoin funders Tommy was talking behind the DAI stablecoin, so that's another one that exists out there. So there's different ways that stablecoins can, I guess, operate and the way that they're mm. governed. Uh, this is more of a decentralized one, but um, they have the collateral in a wallet and a variety of wallets that basically back that stablecoin the same way USDC and USDT have offline treasuries that are audited. So that one, obviously, a lot of people are wanting to move their stablecoins around, diversify. yep that's what we saw there. So. Yeah, I think another good call out at the moment is the U.S. markets. So they really look like they're stabilizing to some degree. So who knows if we then come up a little bit and it form a bit of resistance or support, we're going to see. But um, you know, we have seen a lot of that selling slow down since the start of the month. Really, it's been so. It's going to be interesting to see if we can get some sideways action, which would be nice for the crypto markets too, because it kind of means we may track down a bit further down but it may not be as farly hit as it has been in recent time so that's another one just currently watching as well specifically the nasdaq
1: i think you look at there's a lot of projects that people would have been would have had myself included like strong conviction on some proof of stake assets and you know if people look at ways to generate yield mm. and you know kind of while you hold right so some of these assets now are back to prices we've seen close to the that March black swan event for for COVID, right? Where mm. you know, we've referenced it plenty of times here, but I guess it's just, it really is a, a dollar cost average environment at the moment. Like the fundamentals have not changed of a lot of those projects. Yep. A lot of those projects are still going to be around and a catalyst for the next big cycle that we hit. Nobody knows when it's going to be. That no, could be I mean, six
0: we, months, could be two years.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When we look at the, I always talk about the, the horizon, the Bitcoin halving is usually something that... Hmm. You know, it generates at least a bit more movement in the markets, but yep. what happens between now and then does not, there's nothing, I guess, massive coming out. Like, I need to actually look at that. The like, halvening cycles yeah, like of the same thing. crypto calendar app that's really cool. It shows yeah. you like. Well, maybe we can get it in the show notes yeah
0: because i was thinking the same thing i haven't looked at it in quite a while yeah because right. we don't know it's like a block height which they estimate so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what that is yeah
1: we'll try and get that one for the next podcast we'll try and um, yep. try pick a day for the <laughs> a day for the, the next halving but yeah it's that's usually a catalyst for the next kind of wave of interest i guess getting yep. in and and uh, it's going to be you know bit kind of scarce 21 million a lot of them lost, so yep. let's see what happens there. But yeah, I guess part of a big announcement SwiftX wide, like we had the had the Earn platform got launched. We were very very proud of that, and that's been a very successful launch today. date. For anyone that didn't know, it's essentially a way for you to, to generate interest on some of your cryptos. We've got 20 assets in there.
0: So. None of them are algorithmic stablecoins?
1: No, none of them are algorithmic stablecoins. Absolutely not. That's blacklisted. That's blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a feature a lot of people have been, been asking for for quite a while. You can earn over 5% on your Bitcoin and your ETH as you hold them long term. Or, you know, just, just, like I said, there's 20 assets in total in there. We've got an Australian dollar stablecoin so a lot of people are really really keen for that one we've had a big uptake in, in that one since we launched it so you can you know put your Australian dollars straight into essentially a earn yield through AUD so that's really cool as it's about 5.3% on the on the dollar there so that's um, you know quite lucrative markets like this at the moment it's so a lot of it's about yeah. holding some capital on the sidelines and at least trying to do something with it while you're biding you hold your it. time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little bit of biding your time and a kind of that dollar cost average strategy as well. And you were playing around with the learn platform as well, I believe. Yeah,
0: I think so. Like if, yeah, I think so. I was, yeah. if yeah, I was just making sure there was some resources there for if people did want to learn more about the own feature or even more just about, you know, the staking mechanism and even things. I guess, about these different networks like Luna, for example. There's some great write-ups in there. So the the team I know spent quite a bit of time and effort writing those up and they're very easy to follow and lots of pretty pictures. So definitely recommend checking that out yeah. as well.
1: It's all about, you know, we talk about this, do your own research. And it's yeah. like some people listen to it. <laughs> We can talk about it all day, but some people just won't do it anyway. No. Right? So at least the Learn Platform breaks it down into like yep. three to five minute to 10 minute steps where you can just go on. You come away from what, doing one of those modules with something. Right? Exactly. So that's, you know, and that's, it's a very, it's a minimal ask, right? For us, it's, you know, SwiftX, we don't make money off it. We just, it's about education. We have an onus on educating our customer base and our friends and everyone else. So that's... Yeah, we, we all started
0: on the same point, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Just trying to give like, a bit of a faster runway for people just getting started, because I feel like the markets is a different place Mm -hmm. than when we started. Well, I started way after you, but yeah.
1: Well, now's now's the time to learn. You know, as much as we love the bull markets and the cycle is, everything is great. Lots of fun. Yeah, the best time to learn and the best Mm -hmm. time to start getting your exposure is in markets like now where everyone is saying it's all over. That's, personally, I know that's when I had the most of my gains investing in any market, not just crypto, but yep. it's always when people are saying it's finished, right? That's when you have mm. your conviction, and you have to do your own research. But yep. I guess that's where the learn platform comes in, and there was never a better time to try and upskill yourself in anything, you know, not just crypto. Just you know, global markets are are all taking a hit, so opportunity will knock at your door, and uh, yeah, I guess it's up to you to take it with both hands when it comes available. But um, yeah, not very good. Yeah. Well, guys. Thank you very much for, for joining us, uh, on another episode today. It was a tough one to cover, but one that Pav and I were really excited to go and I guess, break down the whole Luna situation and, and, uh, just trying to, try to make it as digestible as possible. So if you liked it, obviously give us a like and a follow. Follow us at, at tapping into crypto insta- into Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks to, to cover the next thing. Hopefully things are looking a lot better in the markets by then.
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed, mate. Yeah. Cheers, guys. See you guys.